Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? Hey there, brother. <laughs> so what's happening there, my friend? Oh, you know, um, it, I, I went to work for the first time since May 21st. Whoa, okay. I know. It's like a three-week three vacation. <laughs> well, it, let's, let's be honest. It wasn't a vacation. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. But, you, uh, did, were, were you were you getting a healthy dose of uh, of of distance learning or uh, or uh, you know working from uh, what what is it uh, remote remote work? No, I actually went in the building, you know, okay, and uh, got my temperature checked, got asked questions. Yes, the new normal. It is apparently. <laughs> and. Did uh, they- did they ask you if you've had a loose stool? No. <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have, I think I would have really laughed if that would have, like, you know, somebody just messing with you. Right, have, right. Have you been regular? Right. What do you, what? Do you, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's crazy because, you know, with, uh, with, uh, you know, Jennifer working in the, uh, in the healthcare field, you know, that has been, you know, that's actually one of the things that they supposedly over the course of this entire thing has has been cited as like a, a side effect or, you know, like a symptom of this whole thing, um, which I thought was kind of weird. But whatever. I mean, I feel like we're at, we're at the point where virtually anything is considered a symptom. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's like you go to WebMD and it's like, OK, everything leads to cancer. Right, exactly. Right, <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. But it's you're, like, uh, oh. but but you're, but you're, you're, but you had a you you were right there at uh, ninety eight point six. Oh, I I didn't ask what it was. I passed. Oh well, there you go. Well, there you I, go. So how well, was it plus, getting back? Um. Okay. You know, it's it, you know how those first check in days are just a bunch of paperwork and all that stuff. So. Ah, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, yeah. Be- you're becoming so, you. You're you're sort of you're, you're getting acclimated. Oh yes, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Well, hey, for the folks who are out there, welcome to the program. Uh, glad that uh, glad that we got some folks out there checking out the show. We're getting more and more comments from folks. Um, you know, joining in on uh, on the fun that we're having here. Uh, I've I've got you know I've got some pretty cool news. Uh, go ahead. I mean, I think I know what it is, but go ahead. <laughs> it's a boy. Yeah. Congratulations, it's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. go. No, man, we uh my my daughter had you know, she had the uh the ultrasound done uh the other day. It was yesterday and it was pretty amazing, dude. You know, I haven't been, I haven't actually seen 
a uh, an actual ultrasound being done in a very very long time. And I've said, and I, I have said for a very long time that I feel like one of the difficult things with an ultrasound typically is that you are you know you see somebody who has a photograph of the ultrasound. And even all these years later, since I had, you know, my, my, had my son back when I was like 21, um, you know, that this, this part of the technology hasn't really changed a lot. You still see that photograph and the photograph is just this black and white sort of blob. Yeah. It's a Rorschach. Right. Exactly. If, if if I say the wrong thing, no, yeah, no, they totally, you got it, man. So it's like you know, you, you always see this thing, and you're like, uh, what's that, you know? But again, it had just been a very long time since I had seen an actual ultrasound being conducted live, because when you're there live, it's a completely different experience. I mean, first of all, uh, you forget about the fact. Uh, you forget about the fact that what you're actually seeing is this sort of cross section. Yeah. Al- almost like a, um, like an MRI or something or a cat scan, I guess that uh, you, this, this thing is sweeping across all the, the tissue and everything. So you're getting this cross section, but when they're sweeping back and forth with this thing, it really almost is creating what looks like a 3d image. Um. And we were super psyched because my daughter actually was able to get this new, we've, I'm, most of, most folks have seen this new technology where they're able to do a 3D image yeah, of the ultrasound. For, we, we, we have not, we have had kids since that, the birth of that technology. And we have yet, even with our, our, our unborn child now have yet to get the 3D, um, uh, yeah, we haven't got that yet. You haven't so. gone there. It's it's it is really cool. I mean, the 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 baby has to be sort of in the right position. I mean, it was kind of funny because uh, the baby was was sort of you know denying was denying access by the paparazzi. The, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like every time that they're trying, we're trying to get this image. The kid is like putting his hand out, like trying to block the camera. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is this is this is my private space. Just leave me alone. My time here, you know, my my uh, my my lease on this space is limited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, want to, I want to enjoy it in uh, I want to enjoy it in in solitude. So um, I'm subletting. I'm subletting. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it was. But it was cool. It was really, really neat, man. And I think that, and you and I both know having kids of our own, I mean, and we sort of mentioned this before on the show, I think that it's uh, it, becoming a dad, especially when it's your first child, is a really unique experience. And it's very different than, uh, very different than I think it is for women. I mean, as a woman, you're pregnant and you're connected to this child through the entire pregnancy and you can feel it and your body's changing and there's this, this process and progress and all this stuff that's happening as a dad, you're not experiencing this. The baby is this thing that you talk about and uh, you think about and you plan for and all of that sort of thing. 
And then obviously when delivery day comes, it's like, holy mackerel, this is for real. The, now you're actually touching this child. It's, it's, you're sort of like, oh, here's this thing that we've been talking about forever. Um, but I think that the ultrasound as a new dad is a really, is a really moving experience. Um, because obviously you're seeing this child. You're actually seeing it and it's like, holy mackerel, this is, and I think it is for women too, especially first time moms. I mean, with their bodies are changing and everything, but they're not, you know, around that time you're getting over your first trimester, your body hasn't changed a ton. I mean, you may have felt sick or things like that, but the physical change in your body hasn't, you haven't started to see it or anything. Um, it was really wild when we were doing this ultrasound and seeing, seeing him moving around. That yeah. was wild. Like he's actually there. Like you can see him like kicking his leg or moving his hands around. You're like, and, I, and we're asking Madison over the, cause we had it on our tablet. We're watching this thing. They were FaceTiming with us. And it's like, can you feel that? Can you actually feel him moving around? She's like, no, I don't really. And I'm like, how could you not feel that? <laughs> it's like, I can't imagine having this thing. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it feels like indigestion or something. Well, <laughs> and, just... and uh, you know, we're, we're at the point now, like we've been doing this whole thing with music and all that. And it's, it's really cool that, uh, Seeger is responding to certain tunes and does it on a normal basis. Like, like Seeger must like this tune because every time, uh, you know, that it comes on, there's lots of activity. Right. No, that's cool. That is really yeah. neat. That what, is really neat. He, 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 uh, I say he because I think it's a boy, but Seeger really enjoys Paganini and, and, and Beethoven. Ah. <laughs> Ah, so you're, you, this is this this, uh, this thing with the the thing with the music. It's it is purely classical in nature. Yes. Nope. Nope. There's jazz. Oh. Um. It's it's high information. Oh yeah, um, you had described this before. Yeah. So a lot of chromaticism. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The guy, uh, Rick Beato, does has has come up with this app and you just do it every every day for an hour wow. even per- even post and uh, when right. when the kid is actually born when you do it what you want to do is you you tap the beat of the music while they're listening to the music and that activates like certain synapses and areas of the brain like oh yeah this one's supposed to be listening for it's just like a language that's very cool that's very very cool, man. So so, there's no metal involved in this because nope. there's there's quite a bit of heavy metal. That there's in particular there is a song by uh, there's a song by by Stormtroopers of Death that <laughs> Here was we go. that was redone that was redone by Anthrax called Chromatic Death. <laughs> and it's awesome, I'll, dude. I'll make sure it's, it's awesome. It's like they're playing this riff and it just keeps moving up by half steps. <laughs> just keeps going it's, it's i love it but i i understand i mean you don't this is all about growth this isn't about damage the so damage I, the damage can wait for later so i i saw there it's in an, i think it'll be uh, on netflix yeah but there somebody is producing a movie or is it a tv show a, a show or a movie on netflix about these two kids 
and the first concert they're trying to get to an Iron Maiden show. Oh, wait a minute. What, what now what is this again? It's what? it hasn't been released yet, but I think it's going to go to Netflix. Okay. It's and it's a British. It's a British show that okay. it's it's about two kids trying to make it to their first concert and the first concert that they want to see is is a Iron Maiden show. Well, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god wait till this comes out well it's just it's funny because it made me think when you when you were first describing you said iron maiden i was thinking oh don't you mean like don't you mean that that uh that movie what was it detroit rock city did you ever see that Uh, where the kids are trying to get to the kiss show yeah (laughs) they they have their they have their kiss their kiss cover band called mystery mystery (laughs) Uh, isn't this isn't this how how uh Horror movies start. Yeah, right. isn't this also how how, how porno starts? <laughs> right, exactly, dude. It is it is hilarious when the kid's mother lights her cigarette and lights her cigarette and sets the tickets on fire. Like, <laughs> she oh. just he's sitting there looking in horror, man, and she's just like, "This is the devil's music." <laughs> oh man! Well, and dude, the whole scene awesome. about having to go inside uh inside the the convenience store and right the, yeah yeah the one friend having to go get you know it, like he debates outside the whole time like i'm just gonna go in there <laughs> yeah 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 i love it it, it, it is it is a funny movie it's funny the freaking the kid ends up the kid ends up going to the it's like the the amateur night at the the strip club yeah, that he's that he's to decided he's got to get the money, so he's going to go in there. He's just this like nasty young metalhead kid from the seventies. Oh my god! And see, and and it's like it's movies like that that feed like what backstage is supposed to be like, you know. But of course, it, you yeah. know they sneak in and they go backstage, and it's like all this whole fucking circus. Right. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then and then when you're doing it in real life, you're like, this is really boring. Everyone's everyone's <laughs> sitting on. On couches, right? Uh, on their phones. On their phones, right? Exactly. You're just like <laughs> you're like on Facebook, waiting for the show to start. Yeah. Oh my god, that is too funny. <laughs> too funny. Yeah, man. So, uh, what was the, what? What would you do with your weekend? Oh man, uh, <laughs> just getting ready for the baby, dude. Really? How? I how, mean, how, how far along are you? We have uh, just, just under our like we have a month left holy mackerel and it's you know uh april was washing a lot of the clothes and like you know we got uh the cars the the new car seat and you know she likes to take off the covering and wash it and you know putting things together cleaning things you know what i mean like yep. oh dude yep no it's crazy man i mean Hey, it's, I mean, it's going to get, you know, once my daughter gets, you know, gets up here to the, you know, the great white North, man, it's going to be, I'm going to be having flashbacks, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'd have to be slapping myself or something like, ah, freaking out. Cause it's going to get gnarly. I mean, she's obviously going to be staying with us for a while when she first gets up here. And it's like, dude, it's been a long time since I've been living full time with a newborn 
it's been a long, long time. So hopefully we're able to get into a big enough house that I can, you know, I can, I can, you know, they can have their own wing or something. I don't know. Uh, their own wing. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Be like, take it to the attic. So, so I saw that your, your nephew uh, graduated high school. Was it a socially distant high school graduation? It was. Uh, well, how the, was the, what was that the, experience like? Well, the interesting thing was we weren't able to actually go. Um, they they like, it's limited to like a couple of people, right? It, it's like immediate family. So if you're if, if if you're one of the graduates, then only your parents or your and your siblings are allowed to attend. Okay. Um, but what was really cool was that. Uh, what was really cool was that they actually had it streaming live. Okay. Which is how we watched it. So I just was able to pull it up on my phone and watch the whole thing. Um, and I, I will say it was long. I, the, the whole ceremony was probably pushing two hours long, uh, which for, for me is a little excessive. Um, so do you think... Uh, that that the if 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 the valedictorian speech is truly for the students, right? Yeah. Then should that be done separately than at the graduation? No, I mean I think that it's. I think that I mean me personally, and I I, I mean that's how it was at my graduation when I graduated high school. I mean they had they had the valedictorian got up there. I think they actually had the valedictorian and the salutatorian, I believe. Yeah. Well, Um, the reason why I say this, I bring this up is in, this is just being in the military and some of the more uh, efficient, like change of commands or whatever is, is when the outgoing person, you know, goes out there, it's like, well, I've already spoke. I previously spoke to, Yes. You know, the people that what I'm going to say means the most to already, like their troops or their sailors. And, you know, so I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. But I will speak towards whatever, because think about all the times and, you know, percentage wise, it's it's really, really low. But like where the valedictorian salutatorians have chose that platform to speak something or go off go off script on things. You know what I mean? There is. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, there are, and I, and I, one of the things that I, I will say about when you're talking about the ceremonial thing with the military ceremonies, change of command ceremonies and the like, I mean, fo- for folks out there. And I know that many of our friends who listen to the show, this is the, your work. It's your life. This is what you do. Uh, but for folks out there who have never been to something like this, typically you have the uh, outgoing um, CEO, commanding officer who speaks, and their their speech is usually pretty extensive. I mean, they try to keep it limited. I, I from my understanding, I've I've heard anyway that that Navy ceremonies tend to be. Long-winded. Longer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. they, t- they tend to be longer than Marine Corps ceremonies. Uh, I know in the Marine Corps, they really do try to get the speakers to limit their remarks to no more than maybe 25, like 25 minutes. 
Um, I have been at ceremonies before where they have gone far, far beyond that. And, um, and, the, and the, the harbinger of death is, uh, XO, why don't you put the troops at ease? Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yes, yes. You're like, oh, you know, here it comes. I did the same thing in my <laughs> retirement ceremony, though. I really did. I was, you know, I, I remember saying to everyone who was there at my ceremony, I remember saying, uh, you know, the, 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 the cliche lines that we always hear when we're at the ceremony. And when you hear these, hear these phrases uttered, you groan because you know what's coming. And that's one of them. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and, uh, why don't you go ahead and put the troops at ease or I'm going to, I'm going to keep my remarks brief, which is what I did in my speech. I really didn't, I didn't think I was good. I don't, I don't think I was long winded, but again, I said that I was like, Oh, I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to try to keep my remarks brief, whatever. And of course I know that everybody in the room who is a military musician is sitting there going, Oh, here we go for the, for the non, you know, uh, initiated that are listening. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have given a speech before um, at, at like our graduations. I, I've yep. done it. And um, one of the things that I did, I, I will say, like, you know, after doing so many, like at, at first I just would just zone out and not pay attention. But when you start really paying attention to those things, like you, you're getting sometimes, sometimes you're yes. getting lessons in leadership. Oh, sure. So yeah. It's, it's good to pay attention. But other times too, you know, for those of you like the non-initiator, like I said, uh, the ceremony, in my opinion, is not for the service member. It's for the family. Yes. That especially like, you know, like that ceremony must have been cool as shit for your brother and, and yes. you know, to, to go to because one, he probably never been to a ceremony at all. And right. two is to hear people talk about what you've done. You've been you've been gone from home for you know over twenty years. Well, this right. is what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and I think and and what you just said, I think, is probably the more important thing with regard to the valedictorian speech, because I feel like too often the valedictorian speech is as you described. It is the valedictorian sees this as. A, a, a talk with their fellow students with the class. And for me, I don't really see the valedictorian speech as that at all. This is your opportunity to speak to the friends and families of all of the people who are graduating. Yeah. But I, I want to know how many of them actually do that. You I don't think I mean? very many of them do. I think they, <laughs> I think, I think that should be the focus. I think that it should be, I'm here as I, I, you know, as the valedictorian. I'm here as the representative of this group of students. Yeah, because like la- last year would have been an amazing. Let's see, five, uh, 50, so coming up, coming up. Yeah. Uh, no, 2016, maybe 2016. But you could have said last year, last year as well, 18. Would have been so 2016 and last year's would have been awesome. And if, if I'm the valedictorian, I start, I start off as like, we are the children of post 9 11. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, I was born on 2001 because, like, you know, that's what I'm saying, like 2019. Dude, or, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing. My, my, my nephew, Cameron, that graduated 
yesterday yeah was literally born on september 11th 2001 oh so that valedictorian could have said like we we are are a a schism in the uh, of a generation that knows nothing more than what has affected us since that sure a world that changed day. a world a world, cha- a world yep. changed absolutely yeah and i, I will mean say, i will say so seeger and maybe like when when's the due date for your grandchild uh it, like november 25th yeah. or something like that i think so so here's here's another another one world changed oh you know, sure like, sure yeah yeah here's, I mean, here's the next line like yes. we we were born of, right. of a of a world that uh, changed the, exactly the, the a post pandemic world yeah i mean i totally agree with you i think that it's i just i think that again and and the same thing that i'm talking about with the valedictorian again that also happens and we you and i have seen this time and time again in our careers when you have that outgoing commanding officer delivering their speech all too often, you, the, the remarks are, in my opinion, not appropriately directed. I mean, they get up and they talk about, you know, what they've done and all those things. Um, but it really is, this is a speech that is, you know, directed at your friends and family. And, you know, just ex- sort of, and I guess, uh, you know, talking about the things you've done is, is appropriate. I mean, in the sense that it's giving them a greater insight into what their sacrifice was for. Um, and it really is truly that. I mean, that's, and that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other subject of, you know, the, the idea of, uh, I guess I, I was listening to the radio today and they were talking about, uh, they were talking about the president going and speaking at the graduation at West Point. And apparently he had some really moving remarks for the for the cadets that were graduating. But one of the things that apparently he said was that, you know, these these men and women who are graduating from this institution, um, that they could have gone anywhere. Yeah, they could they could have gone to any college or university in this country. The reality is, is that to get into any of the service academies is a very, very difficult thing to do. To to gain acceptance to West Point, Annapolis, the Air Force Academy. Yeah, you, the, you have is, to you have to be signed off by your senator. Yes, it is a very, very difficult. It's a very difficult thing to attain. Uh, to attain an, an appointment. Um, and that's what it is. It's an appointment. Yep. It's an appointment, and. Uh, I think that the point that just being that you know, his point was that you know, these young men and women could have gone anywhere. They could have gone to any college or university in the country. And instead of doing that, that they decided to serve, that they chose a life of service, um, which, you know, for folks who've never been in the service, that's a very, I think that that's a, it's a very, I think it's a difficult thing to really, like you, you understand it in a, a, a theoretical or hypothetical way, but until you've actually done that and you understand what that really means. Um, and it's true. I mean, it's amazing that you do. We, even in today's day and age and all the things that we're, you know, that our society is, is confronted with all the time has always been confronted with. I think that it's one of the, I think that it was, 
I think it was probably one of the most one of the most moving things that Abraham Lincoln ever said when he was talking about you know a what was it in the Gettysburg Address where he talks about you know forming a more perfect union. Uh, he's not talking. He never at any point talked about creating a perfect union. It was a more perfect union. Yeah. The, that that we are we accept. And I think this is one of the most important. I get that this is sort of I'm not trying to be political or anything here, but I think that it's for me personally, uh, one of the most fundamental things about being an American is uh, understanding that and accepting the fact that we live in a fallible country, that we live that we live in a nation that is continually working to become better than we were the day before. And um and those and these young men and women who are at these academies, uh, that they are choosing that life, that they're choosing to serve that imperfect union in an effort to make it better. Um, and there's again, I mean, there's a million things that they could do, and they, but they've chosen this. And I and I don't know, I don't have anyone in my family that has actually graduated from a service academy or anything but i do know that for families out there that do have young men and women or or just members of their families who over the years uh at whatever point did graduate or have graduated from these academies that is a that is a point of pride that is almost bar none i mean it's it's so different than just graduating from university or graduating from your college. I mean, uh, that is something that as a family, you hold on to as a point of pride. The fact that you, your cousin or your nephew, your uncle, whatever, your aunt was a graduate of any one of these because they are extraordinarily difficult. I mean, that, that experience, I mean, you and I both know that is not like going to a normal, it's not like going to college. (laughs) That experience, especially that first year is like, whoa, whoa. Is you know your what is it in VMI? It's your rat year. Yeah, you know, I mean, plebe year a, for the academy. Yep, yep, for the academy, you're a plebe. I mean, it's it's rough. Um, but I, 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 I obviously, I, I say hats off to a man. I'm, I'm. It's good to know that we still. I think there were. They said something about there were over just over 1,100 graduates from the class this year at West Point. Well, and and. Uh, and you know, I have a, a buddy of mine whose son was always into like junior ROTC and he's at the Citadel right now. Yep. Uh, I think it's, it's his third year, Mm -hmm. you know, but he was almost like, he was so into junior ROTC and high school. Sure. Like he was super prepared getting there. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. I really, I mean, my, my oldest daughter, Mackenzie, she was actually in, in, um, junior Naval ROTC when we were out in San Diego. Um, and I really, I mean, I thought she was going to join the service. I really did. Uh, she, uh, cause she really took a lot of pride in it. She wasn't mental about it. Cause some of the kids who get involved in that stuff definitely get a little crazy about it. But, um, but she always, took a lot of pride in her uniform and making sure that it was prepared properly. And obviously having a dad who was a Marine Corps bandsman, 
I mean, that was something where she knew she could look at me and be like, what do I do? And of course, the ironing board is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The ironing board and the, you know, the, the, the starch and the spray starch and the, the kiwi shoe polish is coming out. You know, I'm showing her how to spit polish her, her, uh, her shoes, you know, I mean, and, but and she, you know, I, I, I was watching, uh, the today show. And one of the things was that there's this father who, uh, made this YouTube channel. Yeah. And it's like, uh, dad teaches you things you should know or something like that. Oh, okay. And, and it's the basics, like how to chair, how, how to, how to change a tire, how to change a tire, yep. uh, how to tie a tie, how yeah. to, how, how to iron a shirt, you know, right. and it, it's, there's no production. It's just this dad whose kids are, you know, out of the house. Yep. Um, that I, he went through something tragic. I, I was kind of like getting ready in the morning and listening to it. And then I'd peek in and watch things. Right. But he went from zero subscribers to like millions. And sure. And, and what's crazy to me is that there are a lot, there are a lot of people that make comments. It's like, I wish my dad taught me this stuff or absolutely. I didn't grow up with a dad. So thank you for having, and that's most of the, the people it's like, yeah, sure. like, you know, I, I call it University of YouTube. Like, yeah. how do I do this? Shit. No, it is true. It is amazing. It is amazing in today's day and age. I, and I think we all have, and it's only been for me in the past couple of years that I've really started to discover, uh, you know, being able to use a, a platform like YouTube to really learn. Uh, case in point, uh, when we were in Virginia Beach, uh, Jennifer and I have, uh, we have an, an expedition. It's an older one. Um, but the power windows were not working. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm looking up you know, how much is it going to cost to take this thing to a shop and have somebody fix them, whatever is the problem, you know? And it was a lot more than I was willing to pay. So I'm, and I'm not, I've, I've, I've probably talked about it on the show before. I am not a tool guy. I mean, the, my, my toolbox has been, my toolbox has been a point of ridicule <laughs> by, by my friends for years. They've seen, they've seen this, this meager collection of devices and tools. And they're like, what is that? It's in, you, you've got your tools in a, in a tackle box. That's not even a toolbox. Uh, and, but we, I decided I was going to do this and that was exactly how I did it. I, I figured out, I got on YouTube and I pulled up a video where this mechanic does this video and he's showing you exactly how to take the panel off the door and how to detach all these wires and he walks you through the whole thing. And I end up fixing the window myself. Yep. I mean, I paid for the parts obviously, but um for all you folks out there, remember uh, the money that it costs to get your thing serviced at the dealership doesn't come from the parts. It comes from the labor. Oh, the and labor. They, oh, and yes. and at, at a Chevrolet or Ford place, maybe $60 an hour. At a, BM, at a BMW, like 200 Yes. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, it really is. And again... I mean, there's certain things that I've, I've been able to do with cars, like brakes and stuff like that. I mean, I've done those before. Um, 
and they're not, once you've done them once, they're sort of like, okay, it's not that difficult to do. Um, there are certain things I will say when I got my new Wrangler, I was, there was a part of me that was very sort of hesitant to buy it because my old Wrangler was so easy to, to work on the, I mean, these older, I mean, my old, my old Wrangler was a 92 and I mean, you would open up the hood to this thing and it's you all could, just, you could see everything. Yes. I mean, you now, just look at it. You're like, Oh, now it's, you open it up and it's a, you know, I've got a, a main, a mainframe computer. Under well, no, it, but like, there's a lot of like cup plastic covering. Yes. Like yes. we, well, my wife has a, a Chevy suburban and I, I swear to God, like changing the battery on that thing. And uh-huh. I, I really do believe it's a conspiracy of like, yeah, we're going to make it like really difficult. Oh, of course it is. Of course Really it difficult is. so that when they take yep. it in, people make money because yep. it is insane. Yes. To, just to change a battery. Right. When, you, find yourself, you find yourself having to take other parts out. Yep. And like detach other components of the engine just so that you can get to something else. Yeah. And that's and something, exactly and, what happened. Yes, and, and it's and something as rudimentary as a battery. And then, and then, <laughs> if you don't have the right tools, oh yeah, you're done. Then you're done. You know, like anybody. Hey, real quick, you need to make sure that you have because they disappear. I don't know why. A ten millimeter socket. Yes, like mm-hmm. that's the standard on anything that you want to work with, right? And it's well, like, we... where the hell is my ten millimeter? Right. Well, it's it was when when we were when we were living in San Diego, we had to replace the brakes on. And it was just the brake pads. I don't think we did the rotors, but we had to fix the brakes on the expedition. And my buddies came over. We did a whole freaking pit crew thing on it, which was awesome. But of course, we did one just to make sure that we knew exactly how to do it. And of course, in the course of that one that one wheel, that one brake pad job, we obviously came across the, the, uh, you know, the typical uh, tool situation, which is that every, it's like every manufacturer designs some little thing that's in their design for whatever that requires you to have a special tool that you will never use for anything other than this thing right now that you're yep. working on. And I have a I have I have a friend who is BMW certified and they are the worst at that. Yeah. Like you can't take off this thing unless you have this, you know, right. specific tool that's only for BMWs. Right, exactly. It's the BM does it's like the BM does W, you know, who's a not. Yep. But the hell's a who's a not? Well, I mean if you owe on a BMW, you should you should probably have a who's a not because if you don't you can't do anything with it. You, you can't even start the, the process of trying to change the battery out. Exactly. I, and that was the thing. It was some, I remember that we get, we're breaking the whole thing down and we come across this part that you needed this specific uh, bit for a ratchet. And of course you don't, you're never going to use this for anything other than a Ford vehicle that needs a brake job, needs a brake job. So of course we have to go down to AutoZone. And as soon as we walk in there and we're like, 
yeah, we're working on uh, the brakes for my Ford. And the guy looks at me and he's like, oh, yeah, you need the who's not. <laughs> but he knows what I'm there for. What, as, soon as, I, as soon as I tell him what I'm doing, he knows exactly what I'm there for. And that'll like, be yeah, $500. Yeah. Uh, right, well, uh, thankfully, it wasn't very expensive, but it really was, it was like, yeah, you know, so I, you, oh, you need a who's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you do because you're, that's what you're doing. And you don't have it because you'll never use it for anything other than working on the brakes of your Ford. So, yeah, it's, I mean, opening up that hood, I, I open, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I love the Wrangler, but man, I open that hood up and I'm like, it's a bunch what of plastic. The hell is this? It's just a bunch <laughs> of plastic, it, man. It is. It is. It's all these, like you say, these big plastic covers and everything. I mean, that old that old Wrangler of mine, the engine ran fine. It was you literally could just open it up and everything was you're like, there's the you know, there's the alternator, there's the battery, there's the whatever. I mean, it was just right there. Um, so working on it was very easy. Uh, but again, I know, and part of me sort of feels bad that I let that thing go. Um, but it really was, I mean, as a going on 30 year old vehicle, I mean, I let it go a couple of years ago. Um, so it was over 25 years old and it was really getting to that point where it was going to start needing some real work done and not, and not the kind of work that I think I'm, I'm capable of doing. I, um, I, I remember when I lived in Memphis and we, uh, we had a minivan a Toyota Sienna. Yeah. And I was selling it to upgrade to a suburban and the guy who bought it from me had a BMW from the seventies that had like 365,000 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kept it running. And and this was the guy who had the permanent like oil stains on his fingertips, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yep. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, He's like, dude, this is a great deal. I can't believe, you know. And I'm like, yeah, but it's almost got 100,000 miles. Like, man, this will go for another 300,000 miles easy. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's true. Not on on my watch. No, 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 no. (laughs) And that's the thing. I mean, that and that was the thing. The guy the guy that I sold the old Wrangler to uh, was a mechanic. And he came looking at it because he was saying that his girlfriend wanted one. And and I will admit the area around Virginia Beach is a great area to have a Jeep. I know that's probably going to be Joaquin's first vehicle. But like, oh man, I, it's just it's fun. I, I, I want to get like a mid nineties, like yeah. like like yours was. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was there. I used to see folks all because when I mean, you see Jeeps, once you own a Jeep, you realize you see them everywhere. Um, and I did see all the time these older jeeps that people were driving around and it was just like man they were so cool these i mean you're we're talking about old like 60s model jeeps and stuff that have been completely reconditioned and people are riding them around and they look like an absolute blast um but like i say you know even with the 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 90s the you know those mid 90s era uh you know wranglers they're they're a lot of fun. I mean, like I say, the guy the guy said his girlfriend wanted one and he came and you know, I, I could tell just by talking to him that he was gonna take this vehicle of mine and he was gonna turn it into something totally awesome. To, that he had the skills to do that himself, to really soup this thing up and and you see a lot of folks who do that. Like a lot of people who and it's not just I'm I'm not talking about people that go on 
uh, you know, the websites and buy a bunch of aftermarket stuff. I mean, I'm not, you know, you see some of these people that are, see some of these people who, who have these Jeeps and they've got them rigged up like it's the zombie apocalypse that's coming. Uh, but I, I'm talking about people who legitimately are doing like, like body work and things like that. I mean, some like this guy, I guarantee you, cause, cause that vehicle had some rust and some things like that on it. And I know that he probably, he probably fixed all that up. He probably freaking put a, a lift on it. Um, which I don't think I'll end up doing with mine, like my new one. I, I don't know if I'd lift it. I, I want to get some altering tires put on it. And that really just has to do with the winter time. I would love to be, to be very honest with you. I would really like to have two sets of rims, like two sets of wheels for, uh, for summer and winter. I would really like to have just like regular radials like I have on it now. Yeah. I, and um, you know, I thought about that because I had a, a Camaro lived in Chicago yep. and having summer tires and then winter tires. But yeah, what worked for me was that I, I just had uh, all season tires and it was perfect. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, if you've got like the all-terrain tires, they're fine. You know, I just, I don't really need them in the summertime. I mean, they're great, but I don't really need them. Uh, but in the wintertime, it really does living around here. Um, and even when I was living in Virginia Beach, I mean, that fir- the first winter I was living in Virginia Beach was when we had a ton of snow um, and it shut the whole area down. And, and people thought I was crazy by bringing my electric snowblower. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But it was I mean, it really having because the old Jeep had all terrain tires on it. I think they were BF Goodrich or something like that. Um, and they were awesome. I mean, just having that extra grip made all the difference in the world when it came to having to travel around in, in nasty weather, especially in the wintertime. And here, that's a, a big part of the year, you know? So, um, I mean, I'm, so I'll, I'll probably end up doing something like that when we get, you know, this winter, I'll probably end up trying to get something like that put on there. Um, cause I don't want to just be riding with what I've got. I mean, it is four wheel drive, which obviously is a huge help. Um, but I, I'm not a, I'm I'm not one of these like off road dudes. I mean, if I had an older Jeep like the old one, and I had that thing souped up and ready to go, whatever, that would have been to me. That would have been a vehicle that would have been appropriate to be going off roading and doing that kind of thing. But I, I mean, a, I just don't see, and, and maybe it's just because I'm not capable of making the type of repairs that I would need to make on a regular basis myself. But I just don't see taking some vehicle like a, one of these new Wranglers that's only a couple of years off and going on, you know, going off road and thrashing the hell out of it. <laughs> I just—it's uh, too pretty. It's seriously. I mean, logically advanced. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind. You know, drive. I don't. You know, driving it off of the asphalt. I don't mind that. You know, but taking it out on some of these trails and stuff and going Man, absolutely I- berserk with it, like. God I gotta dang, tell dude. you, I gotta tell you, when I was looking for a new vehicle and I got my truck, like I was, the wind blowing, getting what it's right when the Jeep Gladiator came out. Oh yeah, yep. I was like, uh, you know, I know. You're, you're waiting around and you're just looking and like, but I I think the only thing that they that was the issue was that that. I was going to get, I, I would have gone full on Rubicon gladiator. 
Oh, yeah. And um, it's a ton of money. Well, a ton. It's just that they didn't have the color I wanted. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it is what it is. I mean, I know a lot of, you know, just the other day we were riding in the Wrangler and my oldest daughter was saying, she's like, you know, just because I, I have this thing. I, I don't have like a rear, like a rear view camera on it or anything like that. Um, you know, I don't have like climate control, like dual zone climate. Like, I don't, it's not all, it's not all souped up and, you know, decked out with all the frills. And she was like, you know, for the amount of money you guys spent on this thing, I'm surprised that, you know, it doesn't have more features, whatever. And I said to her, I was like, it's a Jeep. Yeah. The resale I mean, value on a Jeep is especially in where I live is extremely yeah. high. Absolutely. It's a dude. That's everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, you, the re the, they retain their value very, very well. And the reality is, is that people buy Jeeps for one reason. Cause it's a Jeep. That's why you buy it. You don't buy it because it's got all these creature comforts and all this crap. You don't care about that. You want to have a Jeep. Um, is it the most comfortable vehicle to drive? No. You know, but it's a Jeep and it's fun. I mean, that's being able to put the top down. I mean, the past couple of days have been beautiful. And I've got one of the ones where you, it's got a soft top that you can do like a halfway thing or it can go all the way down. Um, the one thing I will say, I was talking to Jennifer about I. I'm really interested in the possibility of trying to get a uh, I'm really interested in trying to get maybe like a bikini top or something for yeah. it. Um, and the only reason I say that is because there are days when it's really nice and there's days when it, when it, I don't have a garage to be able to park. At least right now, I don't have a garage to park the Jeep in. Um, so if I take the top all the way down, which is a project. I mean, it takes, it takes, you get, the more you do it, the better you get at it. But I mean, it's going to take a few minutes to take all the pieces off and everything of the soft top to take the entire thing down. Um, whereas if you do have a bikini top of some type, I mean, take, if you really wanted to take it off, it would be seconds and to, to just like sort of detach it and you're good. Um, there's, whether you, when you have the bikini top, there's no unzipping and zipping and Velcro and, all of that stuff. Um, but who knows? I mean, I could probably get something like that. I mean, they're, they're not getting something like that is not terribly expensive. So, um, so I will say the very first car that I ever wanted. Yeah. Uh, and actually the car that I learned how to drive in, uh, one of my really good friends from high school, uh, had it and it was a 1972 CJ seven. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Just, really a three speed yeah. you know yep. and he had all the tops everything you know and i was like he was going to get rid of it and uh our senior year yeah senior year and i i told my mom I was like i want it i'm like we already know how to drive it i learned how to drive in this thing you know it's just a three speed, yeah yeah man. sure yeah and and then uh i was like and he's selling it three thousand dollars Plus all the tops. So bikini top, hard top, soft top. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? It's like. You... Sure. And so we went, she wanted to see it. We went to it. Uh, we, we, we both drove around in it and it was a stick. So she, you know, none of my parents had a stick shift. So she wanted to see that I knew how to drive in it. And then on the way home, 
she's like, yep, let's, you know, I've talked to your dad and that's, that's going to be your first car. I was like, yes, yes. And then we're pulling up and my dad is outside in the front yard. And, and I was like, whose car is that? And she, my mom was like, I don't know. Like she was pissed. I'm like, yeah, okay. No. And and my and we're pulling in, and my dad's like all happy, like pointing at the car, smiling real big, you know. Yeah. And, and I and and so she was like waiting here, like so I had to wait. And she's car. like, I don't want you to hear this. <laughs> and she got out, and man, I could see her and my dad having very. She was having a stern conversation with my dad. Oh my god! And then and then she she walked inside, and my dad's like, "Come on, come out." And I was like, who's here? He was like, this is a cool car. I'm like, yeah, who's here? He's like, do you like do you, do you like it? I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's a cool car. He was like, it's yours. Oh, and there went the CJ. Well, yeah, but <laughs> as, a, as a senior in high school and you get a, an IROC Z Camaro with T-tops. IROC. You know, what, <laughs> you, 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 know, you know what IROC stands for, right? No, what's it stand for? Italian Romeo out cruising. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh my God. Oh, it was a dude, chick magnet. Chick my, magnet, dude. My de- my mom was still like, you know, he's going to get a ticket. Cause oh, that, of course. Because that, that, it was an 89 IROC Camaro. And it, it, it had the LS1, like a Corvette co- motor in it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, sure. And I yeah, was there, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I used to, I mean, dude, I used to see, I remember actually my buddy Mike. I think it was his senior year in high school or maybe the year after he graduated. And this was back, this was like 91, 92. And he actually had a Mustang 5.0. And I will tell you, dude, that car, holy mackerel. I mean, those, I, I personally love that. A lot of people don't like that model of Mustang. The The Fox body. Dude, this thing it was so small. I well, mean, it wasn't. My buddy was, ended up getting that 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 version of a com, a, a convertible Fox body. Um, right. Mustang. Yeah. So, I mean, it was sold the Jeep and got the convertible Mustang. Oh yeah, dude. I, I mean, this thing, it was it was beautiful. You got it brand new, and it was like this emerald green, beautiful oh, yeah. color, and holy mackerel, dude! It had balls. I mean, for such a and when I say small, I mean it was light. Yeah, and it had a it, short shit, did yeah, yes. a lot of power in those. Holy mackerel! That five liter engine, dude, was like, I mean, if he stepped, and you know, I mean, you had a freaking IROC. I mean, it's one of those things where when you step on the gas, and especially because he had a standard transmission, I mean, if he put this thing in, you know, if he put this thing in the right gear and laid on that gas, it was gonna pin you to the seat. I mean, it oh, was, yeah. dude. Every oh. every stoplight was a opportunity to race. Uh, it didn't matter yeah. who yep. it was. I'm like, yep. Didn't matter if there was anybody to race against. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I remember. Yeah, and then it had t tops. Yep. Sure. So so during the dude during the summer, it had the t tops off. It's like, yeah. Oh man. yeah. Yeah, dude. dude no. I yeah. Not a, uh, you know, but. 
so got rid of that car when I went off to college because my parents didn't want me to have a car my first year of college. Oh, okay. But when I came back home and had the summer gig, uh, I ended up getting a Suzuki Samurai. Oh, okay. You remember those little things? Yep. And, dude, oh, yeah. I, I tell you what, man. I fuck it. Like I, I had a bikini top on it, and I never put anything else on. And yep. and rain or shine, like because I was a lifeguard, like right. I would just just chill in that thing, dude. I, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I had dude. A, I mean, I had, a, I had a CD player with a removable face. You know what I mean? You right. Remove oh yeah. For anti yep. theft stuff. Yeah, dude. And sure. Yeah, it was the 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 samurai has its own sort of cultish following you because you see them around and there there is a certain there is a certain cross-section or or niche of of car owners that are mental about those things oh and even after the samurai i got a suzuki sidekick yeah like this <laughs> it's same kind of thing same kind of thing yeah i mean there's there i you see them around and they're it's almost like a collector's item you see some of these people, and obviously it's the same thing as like people who are going out and looking for the old Jeeps. I mean, it's, just, it's the same thing. I'll tell you the vehicle that I wanted for years and years and years. I wanted a Land Rover Defender 110. Yes, yes, because in the back you had the seats that face each other. Oh, oh yeah, my dude. God, dude. It was that vehicle. Yep, I wanted boss, one of those. dude. And, it's and you, boss. And you know what I'm excited about coming out? The Broncos coming back out, dude. Yeah, I know it is. They they've been talking about that for for a couple of years now, and that new model, the the new model that's coming out. Oh man! If if the uh, top comes off in the back, yes. Oh my god, dude. Yep, I know. It's crazy. It's going to be a fortune. That vehicle is going to be like a sixty thousand dollar car at minimum, guaranteed. I mean, dude. that was that. I I saw some of the. I mean, before the before Jeep came out with the Renegade. Um, or the Gladiator, I mean, when they came out with the, the Gladiator, I saw some of the mock-ups that they had, that they had been working, uh, because they were planning on doing some sort of a truck type, uh, SUV vehicle. And there was one of the mock-ups that I saw that I was like, if Jeep actually makes this vehicle, I have to own it. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it will awful. be mine. Oh yeah. It was uh, yeah, oh, oh yes, it will, be, it will mine. be mine. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. It was such a beautiful it looked vintage. I mean, it looked like it looked like a perfectly preserved version of like a 1940s early 1950s Jeep Gladiator. Oh, I mean, it was just absolutely awesome. That's why I got super excited and like you know, I came back to the States in 07 when Mustang went back to the fastback yes. version. You know what I mean? I was oh, like, yeah. this, this is great. And now they've gone more modern. Yes, they have. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of that. I, I really like that old. When they went back to that classic look, I was like, hell yeah, dude. Like, yeah. that, looks like a, that looks like a Mustang. Yep, and I got you one. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. You know, totally crazy. Like, because there was another time, too, where m me and my dad went and saw a 1965, it was a candy apple red Mustang that this lady had owned where her, her son had gone off to Vietnam. 
and didn't come back and it had just been in her garage. Right. Yep. For decades. Yeah. And my Dude, dad was, was my dad was like, Here's cash. I I want to buy this for three thousand dollars. And she said no. <laughs> and he was like, That's No, no, like here's showing her the money. Yeah. Yep. Dude, there was there was a situation. There was a this was a story from you know my hometown here. This was I don't remember when this was, but there was it was like a Corvette or something that this guy. Th- it was like a Corvette that this guy had had bricked up. Like he had actually he had he had parked it in like part of this building. And had actually bricked it in, like sealed it in this room. What? Yes. And like years later, some, I don't know how this happened, but like, I don't know if it had been forgotten about or whatever, but they, and somebody ended up like knocking out this wall and finding this car that had been like sealed in here, like in perfect condition. It was insane. It was like why I don't even remember what the story. I I will I will honestly try to look up this story and share it on our page because it was crazy. Like it was in the paper. Like here's this room of bricks taken down, and here's this car just sitting. It had just been left there and sealed away. Wow. Yeah, dude. It was pretty wild, wild dude. Yeah. I, like that. It was just a weird, weird story. Weird story. So, but anyway, it's Monday. And we all know what Monday is, ladies and gentlemen. It is New Music Monday. New music, legitimately, or, or things from years past you become reacquainted with. Um, for me, my new, as we've, as we've been, uh, you know, uh, we've been doing the, the program today. My background music today has been Jackson Brown. Yeah. Uh, pulled up a video of a song that Jackson Brown did uh, in April. And he did it in tribute to Ravi Shankar. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Ravi Shankar was born a hundred years ago this past April. Um, he had passed away back in 2012. Um folks who are not intimately familiar with uh with Ravi Shankar uh you know uh from India uh was incredibly influential in bringing uh the sitar uh or traditional uh Indian music into vogue with uh popular music uh played a lot with George Harrison from the Beatles yep um Actually, did not realize till I was reading a little bit about him that uh, that he eventually actually became a member of uh, Parliament in India for a period of time. And um, and who's who's his daughter? Oh, that I don't know. Nora Jones. Oh wow, that's cool. I did not know that. Yep. Um. So yeah, uh, you know, I I pulled up this this. I'll share it on the page as well. It's a song that uh, that Jackson Brown had written. Uh, for Ravi Shankar in tribute to him uh, as a, a song called, uh, called uh, peace divine. And it's just him playing his guitar, playing 12 string, just, you know, with his phone or whatever, obviously this is in the height of the, the Corona thing. So he's just at his house 
um, really, really cool to hear Jackson Brown singing, you know, singing a new tune. And, you know, I, it's been a while since I've really dug into to Jackson Brown. He's always been one of my favorite singer songwriters. Um, and I, just as you and I have talked about with, with Bob Seger, um, you know, I think Jackson Brown is, is one of the greatest singer songwriters in American oh, popular dude. music. His, his music is a tapestry of American pop music from the, particularly from the 1970s. Him, James Taylor, Carol yes. King. Yes. You know, I, I just, yeah. Man. And he, and he, and he was one of the artists that, um, and this, it's amazing. You realize that Jackson Brown was, um, that did you realize did you know that jackson brown was actually a staff composer for electro records at the age of 17 years old mm. that's insane has he I mean, won has he won the presidential honors what's that called um, oh the kennedy the kennedy, the kennedy has, has jackson brown won the kennedy honors because that would be know. a damn fucking shame if he hasn't no you're absolutely right i mean in my is, opinion in my opinion no absolutely you know absolutely I mean? Absolutely. I mean, and I was sitting earlier listening and, and because it, if, I mean, he, if he wanted, you know, no offense, but to like Led Zeppelin, you yes. know, they've, they've been honored. And if Jackson yeah. Brown has not gotten that, that honor yet, that would be right. a damn fucking shame, dude. Oh, dude. No, absolutely. I mean, when you think about his catalog, when you think about his catalog, which start, I mean, he started playing with bands and writing back in the mid sixties. Um, and really didn't hit his stride until the mid late seventies. His first album was very popular, but uh, it wasn't until he came out with the Running on Empty album yeah. uh, in in seventy seven that he really broke open wide. And one of the interesting things about that album, it is a live album. It's a live album. All of the songs were were written and recorded on the road. None of the music on that live album was from any previous material that he had ever done before. Ah, okay. Um, which is amazing. I mean, nobody does that. You don't do a live album of all brand new material that no one's ever heard. Um, well, I mean, but, talk to talk to you too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Right, right on hum. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but when you when you think about his when you think about his catalog, I mean, The Pretender, Running on Empty, Lawyers in Love, Doctor My Eyes, Take It Easy. Some you know somebody's baby. I mean these these uh, these are songs that are you know they're all over the radio. They have been for decades. They're in movies. I mean, the second that I hear somebody's baby, you know what I automatically think of? I think of Fast Last... Times at Ridgemont High. Oh yeah, yeah. You I'm, know, I, I, was was that also on Last American Virgin? I'm not sure, but definitely I'm not Fast sure. Time, yeah, but Some dude, the Pretender. The Pretender, I was listening to that song and he was just playing it on piano. Oh my God. You know, just the the loadout as a musician, you know, as a musician playing live and you know, you know, as well as anybody having done some of the stuff that you've done. I mean, the song, the loadout, you know, with, with stay at the end, which is for Jackson Brown had become his, his, you know, encore song at the end of every show that he does but the story that he's telling in that song about life as a performing musician 
yeah. is like, oh my God, he is speaking the truth. You know, we've got, what is it? Uh, what is it? We, we've got disco on the bus, R&B. We got video, eight tracks and cassettes and video. You know, he's got, you know, talking about having Richard Pryor on the television, you know, like, yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's, and the pretender for a song is just so, it is a song about vulnerability, dude, that is just uh, unbelievable. I mean, when you really listen to the lyrics of that song, and he was sort of talking in this video about, you know, how one of the biggest questions that he's always been asked throughout his career is, you know, who is the song about? Who is the pretender? Like, is the pretender, you know, are you the pretender or whatever? And he's really sort of saying, like, I think the pretender is a little bit of everybody. Yeah. You know, th- th- everybody is looking for this place where they belong. And, you know, everybody finds themselves or most people, your average person out there finds themselves at least at some point in their life looking around at other people and seeing other people succeed and move forward in life and they want to be a part of that but they're they're not sure how how to become part of what that is you know so that's the whole point of the pretender is 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 those people who are trying to be something that's not even necessarily themselves just in the hopes of of finding happiness and success you know what it's just unbelievable songwriting you know so i'll share that for sure what do you got for the uh new music monday so it and i think you may have heard him before but larkin poe mm. so yeah. larkin larkin poe the the etymology of larkin poe is that first of all that it's two sisters uh sing blues uh one plays guitar and the other one plays slide and uh they started off as a in, being in the bluegrass genre. And okay. They have, a, they have another sister that plays uh, fiddle. Right. I don't know the decision making process as to like, you know, okay, bluegrass. All right. Maybe we don't want to do this. Let's shift to this. And maybe one of them said, I don't want to do that. I right. don't know. Yeah. But uh, so then the, the, the two younger sisters said, well, let's do blues. And uh, they started off just doing like blues covers. They have uh, a, I'll, I'll post it. They have an awesome, and it's, it, even though it's Rolling Stones, uh, Black Betty. Okay. They have a very, very awesome cover of, of doing Black Betty. But That's they, cool. Uh, they've come out with a couple of albums that don't have as many covers on it. And the latest one is called Self Made Man. Because I don't, you know, the blues, yeah, the the blues genre is very uh, male-centric. Yes. And so, uh, and that's the title song, Self-Made Man, is, is an amazing song by two female artists. Um, they they came down here last year and, and played in what's called the Neptune Festival, but they've just, they've just been taken off, man, and, and and they're they are they are the queens of content because they will come out with with uh, videos of them doing covers a lot, right? Uh, where they're they're in their house, 
or oh, okay. in one of their houses and just do it, you know, very deconstructed sure. without a band and release it. And they, it, it sounds amazing. So that's awesome. Lark and Poe. Very cool. Very cool, man. I'm going to definitely check it out. If you, if you have anything you can share on the page for sure, you know, uh, post something up there. It'd be definitely cool to check it out. Yeah, man. So, all right, folks. Well, Hey, listen, thanks for tuning into the show. You know, we really appreciate it. If anybody has any, uh, any ideas, we're still looking for the name of the uh, name for uh for our listeners yeah. so we, we're still like got to yeah. figure out exactly i got got to see if ever was the end yeah that, and i'm not sure about that that's i, I can't <laughs> I, I can't escape the image of teletubbies or something in my mind uh but yeah to share some suggestions we take you know we're we're open to some ideas and uh you know check us out uh thursday we'll be doing our next program and uh yeah always be on the lookout for the uh text message of destiny you never know when it might be coming to get you all right so take care folks thanks a lot and uh, i'll be talking to you soon my friend later man all right later